now listening to the Seventh Rounders. Welcome back. Um, we are on to conference championship weekend. But before we get there, before we recap the games, go into some picks. I want to start out with a game. We're going 16 questions. We're bringing it back. So, Dave, if you're not familiar with our our segment here, um, you and Connor get basically six questions apiece to ask me. Yes, no questions. And then you get two guesses at the end. Um, It's an athlete. Um, So I have someone in mind. Um, I saw his name today. Um, So I'll let Connor start first. Is this an active athlete? Yes. Oh, Connor, it's not rapid fire for Connor. We're going back and forth here. Yeah, yeah, you rotate. So now you ask a question. Does he play football? No. Does he play a team sport? Yes. Is he a basketball player? Yes. Is this athlete in the NBA? Yes. Could be what college. A stupid dude, question, man. That's actually that not that bad of a question. Could be college. Come on. All right. All right. Is this player? How many questions do we have left? Hold up. So you've made five. Connor's asked three questions. You've asked two. So. You... Okay. We get sixteen total. Yeah, okay. Between the two of us. Is this player in the Western Conference? No. Okay. Is does this player play for a team that's currently a top eight seed in the Eastern Conference? Yes. Does this player play for one of the Nets, Bucks, Sixers, or Celtics? No. Was that cheating? No, no, it's still a yes or no question. Okay. Does this player play for the Atlanta Hawks? No. All right, so Dave, it's so got to be Cavs. Case, it's Cavs, Heat, or Knicks. Oh, because you said top eight seed. Yeah. Yeah, Chad, were you looking at the standings and Connor asked that question, so that's accurate? The It is accurate, yep. Okay, okay. How many questions have we left? Uh, you're at nine, so you have two more questions. Connor has one, and then you both have two guesses. Okay. Is this player a guard? That's he's actually definitely a wing. He's a wing question. by that reaction. Totally a wing. <laughs> no, I like just, just on. Chad. The 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 premise of the question is like big man or yeah, big man or guard. Wing. Can I give you a height? I'll give you a height and let he's you. He's totally uh, a wing. No, he he is six six. Uh, they have him listed as a power forward. Okay. Okay, and Chad just gave us away a oh, a nice hint okay. there that we didn't need, but we appreciate it. You both have power- one guess. And then, or one question each and two guesses. Why would Chad have seen this man today? What? That's what I'm trying. 
to figure out her. <laughs> we should probably I honestly, I honestly want to just take a take a guess, but we can. Uh, I'll I'll ask a couple. I'll ask my last question. Okay. Uh, does this player play for the Knicks? No. All right. Heat, Cavs, power forward. All right, I'm just going to do it. Does this player play for the Cavs? Yes. Connor's uh, looking at their roster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, oh, fuck. I, I, I mean, know. There's, there's, I, 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 can I guess first, Chad? No, no, no you can't. can't. You can't. I, I honestly, when you first said power forward, my first thought was Evan Mobley. But I know for a fact it's not him. And since Dave's on, it's totally Lamar Stevens. Dude. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. That's... Hell yeah. Why does Connor get to guess first there? I mean, um, I had, it should just be it should just be first one who knows. First guess thrown out there. Yeah, classic Dave trying to change the rules when he loses, man. Uh, whatever. You've never done that it's before. It's a good game. Love I Lamar. for a loop because I genuinely had no idea what position he played. So I love how on uh, I wouldn't really call him power forward. I would, I well, on, on ESPN, it literally just says forward. It doesn't say small forward or power forward. It's just forward. And then there's other guys on the team that are either small forwards or power forwards. Hmm. Anyways, Lamar, great player. Love him. And um, he got robbed of a NCAA tournament berth in his senior year. Shout out COVID. Who knew that the Cavs had both Mobley brothers? I had no idea they had Isaiah. I didn't know that either. Yeah. He must be on right. a two-way contract. Let's move on here. That was that was pretty brutal. Why 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 did you see him in the news today? What it was something on Twitter. I, okay. No, it was something on Twitter I saw and I completely forgot. Dude, was, I also uh, meant to tell you I there's a there's a whole uh Instagram account called uh Where Are They Now, dude? They they stole our, our shtick, man. Really? Yeah. Oh, um, okay, let's start with Saturday. Uh, um, game one Saturday, Kansas City beats Jacksonville 27-20. Mahomes, high ankle sprain. They survive. Um, initial thoughts. What do we have? My initial thoughts would be <clears throat> the Jags really – kind of fumbled that game away. Um, you look at the Mahomes injury. I mean, he was severely hampered. Like, that was a – you saw him trying to give some of those handoffs. I mean, he was not going to get out of the pocket at all. I know he, like – I don't know how he scrambled on that one run. I think he picked up a pretty pretty key first down there in the second half. But I just um, – he goes out of the game, and, and they let Chad Henney come in and go 98 yards for a touchdown drive. That was ridiculous. And then, you know, you just look at the second half, the Agnew fumble, um, you know, the the interception at the end. It's just a, a lot of missed opportunities for the Jags. It really felt like they could have won this game. Agnew should have had a kickoff return touchdown as well. Got shoelace tackled by Bucker on one of those. Yeah. That actually happened a second time, too. He kind of ran into Bucker the second time. Remember that? 
It was like yeah. it looked like he had an, had an opportunity to get up the sideline there, and and I don't know. He, I guess he kind of underestimated Bucker. I'll uh, I'll piggyback off off Dave. I think the the Jags had the plays there to win the game. I mean, you think Christian Kirk drops that sixty yard pass? You have the Agnew fumble, like we Dave said. Uh, with that being said, I do think the Chiefs are the better team, and pending Mahomes being at least healthy enough to like actually compete i'm glad that they advanced um it also would have just sucked if the jags would have won and all the conversation just being around oh chiefs would have won with the healthy mahomes all that stuff so hopefully mahomes is gets shot up with some cortisone this week gets some ice on that ankle and it's uh not as bad as as it looked but definitely something to monitor leading up to the the Bengals game I I just uh, hitting on Jacksonville. I really like the trajectory they're on. Um, I you, you have your feature back in ETN. You have your quarterback who's going to only continue to get better now going into year three. I expect you know a big rise again next year from him. And then Dave hit on it last week. The additions of Kirk and Zay Jones this offseason have been huge, and they could still they have room to upgrade again. <clears throat> Um, I think Evan Ingram, you know, is, is really good at tight end, maybe add one more wide receiver, uh, whether via free agency or the draft. Um, I really like the direction Jacksonville's heading. They're going to run that not, conference. I would not be surprised if Trevor Lawrence was the hot name for preseason MVP bets. And, uh, I just think he's going to be a popular dark horse pick going into next year. If yeah, they that's... add a legitimate weapon, I think he could be. Like, the NFL, you see it outside yeah. of the aliens at the top. Like, it's so much has to do with, like, the weapons that surround these guys. And, like, you even see, you know, the jump that Tua had when he was healthy this year uh, yeah. after adding Tyree Kill. I just – you add weapons for Lawrence, and it's going to be scary. Yeah. I mean, the Jags are def- – like you, like you said, Connor, in addition to Lawrence, like, the Jags are going to be the trendy team. and. I mean, they should probably, depending on what happens this offseason, obviously a lot can change, but most likely they're going to be, I'd say, pretty pretty heavy favorites when the AFC South, right? I mean, Texans are picking one, obviously. The Colts are going to have a new quarterback. The Titans, who knows what they're going to do with Tannehill. They're definitely going to yeah. be a, tr- they're going to be heavy favorites in the AFC South, and I think they'll be a trendy kind of dark horse team, and we'll see. Like, we definitely saw a leap out of Lawrence this year. Now it's like, all right, what's the what's the next step? You know, I think back to some recent quarterbacks, like, you know, Burrow, like he obviously made a deep playoff run um, and really got, took that next step. Once he got Jamar, you know, once T kind of blossomed, um, same thing with like Josh Allen, right? It's like, we saw him get better and better. And then he, they made the AFC championship game is I think in 2020, right. Which would have been year three for him, I think. Um, so it's like Lawrence, does he have one more step in him? Cause while he was like way better this year, He's still got to be better if they're going to be, you know, a, a legit contender. I think the only yeah. way the Jags are not favored in the AFC South is if the Titans do something like they'd have to sign a legitimate weapon and maybe they go out and get Derek Carr or Garoppolo or something like that. But uh, yeah, they're going to be trying to. I was just pulling up. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft. I was curious who he has the the Jags taking and if it was a uh, a weapon. 
Oh, they have they have the Jag. He has the Jags taking Michael Meyer, the tight end out of Notre Dame, which Mayor. Mayor Meyer, M-A-Y-E-R, however you want to say it. But that'd be a a nice little weapon for Lawrence. I think if, if that was the case, obviously they don't <clears throat> know if they're gonna uh sign Evan Ingram this offseason, but even if you did, you could flex him to the slot a little bit more. Um, yeah, because they got they got an Ingram on a one year, right? Yeah. Yeah, they got yeah. him for pennies because uh I mean we people didn't even know if he's gonna last in the league after his stint well, in I see, New York. So I'm seeing one year nine mil, so actually not a bad not a bad deal for him. But the fact they got him on a one year, yeah, that was definitely seemed like he was kind of left out there for a little while. Um any concerns yeah, with the Chiefs other than uh Mahomes health? I think the defense I- is always a concern there, but Thinking ahead to that game, I will be eyeing the prop bet on uh, Isaiah Pacheco over rushing yards. Like, I think their run scheme is actually very good. They just, like, don't have to do it. Like, Pacheco's yards per carry this year must be, like, pretty good. Like, it seems like he's always, like, 10 for 60. Like, he, I feel like yeah, he Pacheco's averages good. four, five, six yards a carry. Um, so, I think if Mahomes... Like, obviously, he's not going to be 100%, but I think they can lean on the run game a little bit next week. Slow it down. Isaiah Pacheco is averaging 4.9 yards per carry this year, 15th in the league. Jarek McKinnon has been an absolute all-star for the Chiefs this year. I think before last week, he had scored in nine straight games or something ridiculous like that. This is the best running game I think Mahomes has had in his time in Kansas city. And maybe that's just because they actually have to run the ball this year. Um, but that run game's legit. Yeah. I think <clears throat> my question for the chiefs next week, obviously the Mahomes thing is <clears throat> everything. I mean, there's no way just seeing how he looked in the second half of that game. I, you got to think his mobility is going to be like severely restricted. Right. I mean, even with the weaker recovery, it's just that was we we see all the time with high ankle sprains. Like guys are typically out at least a month with those, so that's the biggest concern. But I think outside of that, just can they get pressure? Like we we're kind of texting about this today in our chat. They've really owned. They beat the Chiefs three in a row, right? The the Bengals beat them in their place last year in the AFC Championship game. They beat them in the regular season this year. Um, I just, after watching that performance by the Bengals, um, I don't know. I'm, I, the Bills couldn't get any pressure on them. I don't think the Chiefs are going to be able to, and I'm just worried. I really think, I really think since he's going to kind of, if they can't get pressure on Burrow, kind of like the Bills did, I think we could see a similar game script play out that we saw against Buffalo. I think we should, we, we can go to that game next, stay in the AFC. Uh, on that point, I don't know if it's the offensive scheme, if it's Joe Burrow or both, but that man gets the ball out so fast. He's a decent ball player. Yeah, I mean. He just looks so decisive. and yeah, The ball uh, placement, I mean, he's throwing them before receivers are even out of their breaks, just like. Yeah, he's got such a uh, just amazing, like, grip of that offense you know what i mean it's like everything looks so easy with them and um he's like we, i feel like this is the thing i always notice with burrow too and i watch him like yeah he's talent he's he's really accurate quarterback he has really good weapons but 
in the pocket, like, like I said, he's not that athletic, but like he has such good little subtle movements in terms of like how he feels pressure, how he steps up into the pocket. Like it seems like he's always making the right plays. And even with kind of a, like a, you know, makeshift offensive line, he can still, he knows when he's got to get the ball out and he knows how to create like an extra half second for himself to, you know, to find the window to throw into. So I'm just, yeah, he was, that was just beautiful to watch on, on Sunday. If you're a Bengals fan. I mean, that's like, uh, I think we talked about a previewing this game. That's why I like Cincinnati. I just thought neither Cincinnati or Buffalo were good in the wild card round. I just thought Burrow would be able to make changes and do what he needed to behind that offensive line the second time around. And I just like the bills were unable to like, I know Allen threw for 300 plus against Miami, but it, it honestly wasn't pretty. And I just, I don't know. There's something about Burrow just being able to like figure shit out. And um, I, I mean, it was I a think, beat down. The- yeah. Well, I think the other thing too, Chad, the Bills just like Josh Allen was their best running back, right? Um, and we saw the Bengals just really like they had 34 carries for 172 yards. Like they really were just by far the more physical team yesterday. And I mean, they ran, like I said, they ran for 170 on five yards a pop. That's, that's a great day in the office um, from an old line that was missing a couple of starters and Buffalo, you know, I'm seeing at 19 carries, 63 yards. Yeah. It didn't feel like Singletary or cooked at anything. And like Josh Allen, again, was like their, their most productive guy on the ground. And honestly thought they maybe should have used him a little more in the running game just because it seemed like their offense was stalling out. Um, I don't know. It was a, it was a beat down. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Cincinnati's not doing anything overly impressive. They're just playing solid football. In two playoff games this year, they're only averaging 212 passing yards a game, 111 rushing yards, but they have no turnovers. Burrow's 46 for 68, and they're turning over other teams and not letting them score touchdowns in the red zone, and that's usually what is going to win you playoff games. So. Both of these rushing attacks for the Chiefs and the Bengals are definitely trending upwards. So it'll be interesting to see how this game is called from an offensive perspective. There might be a lot more running in this game than the uh, the, the average fan is expecting. So hopefully it's a good one. We'll talk about the uh, actual game after we, we review the NFC games. But I, I just wanted to, to wrap that up. So Buffalo perspective. I like they didn't do what they needed to do this offseason. I felt like like their run game has never been great outside of Allen. And I know they go they add James Cook via the draft. But is it an offensive line thing? Is it a schematic thing? Because like even when, you know, uh, Joe Mixon's out for Cincy, like P. Ryan is competent you know whoever's the running back for kansas city is going to be pretty darn good i just there's something missing with this and i know the bills defense fell apart the second like the last few weeks um that kind of is what it is but in reality they only let up 27 points you know if the offense put up some points they can still win that game so i just like where does their offense go from here like another injury injuries can't be understated for buffalo uh, more so, either. more so defensively, but yeah, yeah, that's that's for sure. I mean, the Von Miller thing, that was really like a that was a backbreaker for Buffalo. Like they're, 
I think their defense, especially their defensive line, like the first first half of the year, were one of the best pressure teams in the NFL. And without Vaughn, I mean, that was a completely different defensive defensive team. Not to mention like Mike Hyde and you know Trey Hoyer was playing hurt too. Yeah, and they had their backup safety get hurt. You know, obviously Demar's out first of all. Then they had another Dean Marlowe got hurt or whatever. They were down to probably like our number four safety, like probably a practice squad guy. That was a huge factor for sure. I do think I think the the biggest needs for them in the offseason, they have yet to really address the offensive line since Josh has been there. Um, I mean, and they don't have a legitimate number. Yeah, they don't have a legitimate number two receiver as well. I think going into this year, I was all aboard the Gabe Davis train. Still think he's a a very solid player, but uh, it's become very apparent that he he struggles at creating separation. like you need out of a, a out of a one or a two receiver, he makes huge plays, and he's he's got great hands. But it seems like every time they need a play, if Diggs isn't open, it's just Josh running around and maybe finding yeah. Dawson Knox or or just running it. So I would agree with that. I think Gabe Davis is fine, and I just think he's a little bit of a like a one trick pony. Like I think a lot of times it's Josh Allen like creating plays, you know, on the run, and like oh he'll find Gabe Davis, you know, deep. Um, but Gabe had an opportunity in that game to make that big play on the sideline. I think that was in the fourth quarter. That's when they really needed. I do just feel like they are missing like one more receiver, kind of like you said, Connor. Um, I mean, what Cole Beasley have four catches that game? Like, I mean, he should not be getting targeted that much in a playoff game at this point in his career. Yeah. All right. One thing before we move on, though, I've been seeing a lot of talk. Bill's Super Bowl window. What do we think about it? Obviously still open. You'd be stupid to say it's not with Josh Allen there, but I, I mean Connor, two I years ago you asked me, I told two years ago, if you asked me this question, I would have told you they they'd win a Super Bowl in the next three years and and now it you know maybe they have two more years with, with this same core in place, maybe only a year. So I think the window's I, I still think, you yeah. go first, Chad. You go first. Yeah, I well, I, I agree. I think the window's wide open. I think there's small like listen, they're gonna be drafting, you know, right around 27th, 28th. Go see if JSN's there at, at a second, you know, wide receiver. Then free agency, Gasicki's gonna be gone. Interesting weapon for Josh Allen, you know, and then you know, later rounds in the draft, maybe the offensive line and, and let the defense get healthy and like that's you know, another Super Bowl caliber team. So I think it's small things that they need. Windows definitely still open to me. The the toughest thing, I think, if you're the Bills and just, you know, Bills fan, the AFC, man, is just going to be so tough. Like, Joe Burrow is in, what is this year for? Like, he's, he might go to back-to-back Super Bowls. Patrick Mahomes already won one and, and been to two. Um, you know, we're going to have – the Texans are going to add a number one pick here. Like, who knows what that guy ends up being – the Chargers, obviously, with Herbert, like, there's just a lot of teams um, with really good quarterbacks. Uh, it, like, they have seen, especially at the top, I think, with those three, right? Burrow, Mahomes, and Allen. Then maybe Herbert sneaks in there. Like, that. that's going to be a formidable trio for the foreseeable future. So, I think they're going to be in that picture. It's just, it's going to be tough, right? Like, I don't I know. I think the, the, the Bills, they almost remind me of, uh, like, 
how the Colts were with Peyton Manning when, you know, there's the Steelers and big Ben and then the, the Pats and Brady. And they were always right there, always like a one seed or around there. And they just, yeah. they finally broke through that one year, obviously, whenever that was 2009, but yeah, I it's, I burrow in Mahomes just when the playoffs come around, they just do not lose football games unless it's Mahomes losing a burrow. But, I'll tell you what, Bills fans were down bad yesterday. Down that's so bad. That's a tough bad. loss, man. That's that's a really tough loss. I I feel for him. I really do. I mean, yeah, All that right. game never even felt close. Uh, there was maybe when Josh Allen ran in the first touchdown, I was like, maybe the Bills, yeah, got something going. But yeah. that's the surprising thing. That's that's what I was gonna say too. It's like, like you said, like it really, it it. I always kind of thought the Bills would, would make their run, and it's like the Bengals just never even really let them. And, like, you think back, if, like, they didn't they didn't overturn that Jamar touchdown that they took off the board, too, like, that, that could have been even uglier. Um, it really was, like, a a dominating performance in the Bengals, man. I was That was super impressive. The Bills are currently the favorites to win the 2024 Super Bowl, by the way. Plus five. How is there a, how is there a line for that already? Uh, DraftKings released every single odds for next year uh, after this weekend. Bills and Chiefs are tied for best odds at plus five fifty. That's crazy. They got a line out that for that already. Yeah, all I right. mean the lines will change a lot before next year, but they just want to take yeah. people's money. Yeah, all the sad Bills fans that are already putting money on the on the team for <laughs> next year. <laughs> Eagles Giants, another one that wasn't close. Uh, I know Connor's going to recap the picks. I was on the Giants with Dave. Um, that was a just a beatdown. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's. We don't have to spend too much time on this game. Eagles, just a solid, really good team. Giants overachieved all year, and uh, I think it was just a classic overreaction from people. The Giants beating an average Vikings team. Um, and obviously all the parallels were made with the, the Giants teams in the past that won a wild card game, went on to win the Super Bowl. But I, I think all in all, a great season for the Giants. Uh, if I was a Giants fan, I'd feel very good about the trajectory. Obviously you have to get Daniel Jones contract figured out um, and address some pieces, but a legitimate top 10 defense, in my opinion, you, you have, some guys that emerged at the end of the year, like Isaiah Hodgins. Um, Daniel Jones obviously looked a lot better this year. You're going on year two of Dable. So if I'm a Giants fan, it obviously sucks to get blown out by your division rival, but not too much to hang your hat on. Honestly, I thought it was a great season for them all in all. Yeah, not not too much to add here. Was was way off on this game on the pod last week, and I really – Really like the Giants' chances, um, and I think first of all, Jalen I thought for the most part looked pretty healthy. Like he looked pretty normal. I don't know if he's the same runner. Like I don't know if he's going to be as physical as he was pre-injury, but regardless, um, he looked good. That was encouraging if you're an Eagles fan. And then I think the biggest takeaway for me was just Eagles along the D line and offensive line. Right, they ran for 260 on the ground on 44 carries at six a pop. And then defensively, like, I feel like they're just, I mean, Daniel Jones took a bunch of shots. I think he got sacked like five or six times. Um, 
just along the along the offensive defense lines, the Eagles are a really, really good team. Um, and they've invested a lot on both lines. So I think that's really showing um, great performance for them. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles, they just – they have a team that can win playoff games. They can block, they can run, and they get to the quarterback and force turnovers. They – they have the the perfect formula right now to to make a deep playoff run and yeah we'll see i i mean I, it's going to be a test with the niners coming up but uh i'd be feeling chad, very I good think, if i was an eagles fan chad last week you said we hadn't seen the eagles play their best in like what four five six weeks like over a month that that seemed like their best on on saturday so that was if you're an eagles fan you love to see that it's also Eagles are a team you really can't get behind. If you get behind, they're just going to run the piss out of the football and and just wear you down. Yep. I mean, Kenneth Gainwell, who was 90 to 1 to lead the the weekend in rushing yards, ended up with like 130 or 120 something. So, if anyone out there had that ticket, congratulations. <laughs> Chad doesn't even know he's muted right now, and he's just talking to us. My bad. Um, I was going to say, moving on to the last one, just a, just not a pleasant game. 49ers beat the Cowboys 19-12. Glad with the result. I really can't stand the Cowboys. Um, Brock you got to get rid of time, Dak. Brock pretty at times shit himself, but Dak, like, papooed big time. Like, Dak... <laughs> Nick Edgar must be down bad because Dak is bad. Yeah. Uh, I thought Purdy played fine. There was a couple plays that should have been picked off that the Cowboys, uh, you know, for whatever reason, couldn't capitalize on. Um, Demarcus Lawrence and, and Micah Parsons, I thought, played excellent games. Defense was solid through and through. Dak Prescott is just... He straight up was not playing winning football at the end of the season. And, uh, I mean, I don't know what happened in that Bucks game. I, I, I think that obviously says more about the Bucks than the uh, the Cowboys. But that Niners defense is for real. And, and Dak looked pretty awful through and through that game. I, I mean, if, if they don't even – if they don't have CeeDee Lamb – Dak Prescott might not get over 150 passing yards that game. Yeah. I think two things. One, Tony Pollard getting hurt right before the end of the first half was, I mean, that was a huge, huge, had a huge impact on that game. Honestly, I thought I felt like Dallas was kind of controlling the game like right up until that point. And right, I think a play or two after Pollard got hurt is when Dak threw the second pick. Um, right before the end of the half when they were, I think they were, let's see here, they were on, yeah, they got all the way down to San Francisco's 18-yard line. They had a second and two, and that's when Dak threw that second pick. Really just a horrible play. I mean, he he tried to force it to CD, and there was a safety that's sitting right there, um, tipped it to Warner. But honestly, that it really, like I said, it felt like they were controlling that game. And that interception right there with with the minute twenty before the half was at least a six point swing, maybe a ten point swing in that game. Um, you know, Maher obviously couldn't necessarily count on him to make a field goal at that point, but 
like I said, they had a second and two and were driving on San Francisco's 18. That was absolutely a backbreaking pick. Not to mention how bad that that first pick back through that led to an easy field goal for the Niners. Um, and then, like I said, I think in the second half, no Pollard. Dallas offense couldn't really move the ball the same. Um, and the Niners just kind of controlled it. I mean, Dallas's defense played phenomenally. So those are kind of my takeaways. I, I will is, say the other um, huge play, um, I forget if it was the third or the fourth quarter, either late third, early fourth. Uh, Dallas gets a stop on third down, and there's uh, they get a sack, I think. And uh, there was a hold on George Kittle that had no impact on the play, but obviously you have to call it. And uh, San Fran goes and punches it in after that. And I thought that was really where the, the game flipped. Yep. I have two questions, um, both San Francisco related. The first question, will Trey Lance ever start another game for the 49ers? It depends yes. how they lose. If if Brock Purdy if Brock Purdy if they win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy, then absolutely no shot, in my opinion. With that being said, if they get blown out in either the championship game or the Super Bowl, and the narrative is Brock Purdy didn't didn't have a great game, I think there's a chance Kyle Shanahan starts Trey Lance uh to, to start next season. I think Trey Lance, I think Kyle Shanahan has a, a thing for Trey Lance, just loving like the upside, and, and it's apparent, obviously. But well, I think he'll that, always be looking to give him another chance, especially considering they they gave up what five five picks for him or something like that. I was that. gonna say, is, yeah, you know they they invested a ton of draft capital into him. Um, I think he does, just because. Look, I think the Brock. The Brock story, the Brock run here has been really amazing. I think he's playing fine. But he I has think a little Jimmy luck. G in him. Like, yeah, it's just like feeling. I think I think there's been a string of luck here too. Like I don't know how many Brock Purdy throws I've seen now where it's like, oh, that could have easily been picked off. Like it seemed like there's been a lot of interceptable balls that have just not have just ended up on the ground instead. I still, I said it last week, I was wrong. I'm still waiting for this thing to blow up. Like, I think he's still, he's still going to have that rookie, rookie quarterback performance here at some point. Um, on the road at Philly with that D line, that might be the spot. But I, I said the same thing last week. So I think I saw a stat on Twitter. I, I have absolutely no idea if this is a valid stat, but to back up your, your statement, somebody tweeted that I think six, Brock Purdy interceptions have either been dropped or called back due to penalty. So I think it's there. Like I said, if, if the Niners get down to the Eagles early, I, I think uh, they're in trouble. A lot of trouble. Uh, my, my other question is, you know, Shanahan related. Do you guys think Shanahan's the best coach in the NFL? No. I think he's, the, I think he's got the most like just advanced offensive system. And I mean, what he does offensively and the, like how, how successful he's been able to be running the ball and just getting the ball to guys like Debo. And like, like I, his offense is really, really fun to watch. I don't think there's anyone I enjoy watching more, which kind of says a lot. Cause they've had Brock Purdy, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, a couple games of Trey Lance, like Nick Mullins, like those have been the starting quarterbacks while he's been CJ there. So beat hard. 
Yeah, Bethard, like the fact that like this still they still have a really fun wa- offense to watch, and it's because like just I don't know how he does it, man. But like his he makes scheme every and, running back fantastic. I I, and, I would argue that he's the best schematic coach in the NFL. Uh, so Andy Reid comes to mind, but but I was gonna say I can't call him the best NFL coach until he wins a Super Bowl, mostly because. He has two glaring blown Super Bowls on his resume at this point, yeah. and and that, that's something you can't ignore. I I get one is as an offensive coordinator, so you know put the blame on whoever you want to put that game. But you are the head coach up twenty four ten on the Chiefs in that Super Bowl, whenever that was three years ago. Um, if he wins a Super Bowl this year with Brock Purdy as his quarterback, I think hands down best coach in the NFL. Okay. And maybe maybe that's a bad way to look at it because it's all results based. But I mean that's the business of, of the NFL. So yeah, I mean regardless, he's among the best. And um, like I said, I you got to tip I'm your hat impressed. to John Lynch too, man. He has done a phenomenal job as the GM there. Yeah. Yes. And I also, time. I was just gonna say lastly, I, I think uh, on the lines of, with John Lynch, I mean. Like Fred Warner is a next level linebacker, best in the league. Nick Bosa, obviously, an absolute stud. They just that roster is stacked through and through. Yep. Um, last question on this game. Um, we'll we'll end it with the Cowboys. Do you see any changes being made at the quarterback position, or is Dak locked in next year? Um, where are you guys at there? I think Jerry Jones is too stubborn to make a change. You know, he paid Zeke, he paid Dak. I also believe Cooper Rush is still on, uh, on contract. And Jerry Jones came out and said he wasn't changing anything with, uh, with Mike McCarthy at coach. Obviously people will say anything, but. I think they they give it another go next year. I mean, it's hard to get out of Dak's contract right now. Yeah, I think I would kind of look at them, not in the Buffalo mold, but like seeing Dallas add another weapon um, on the outside just to go with CD. Like Gallup was not as good this year as he has been in the past. You know, Zeke's at the back end of his career. I know they got to get rid of awesome. Zeke. Honestly, he, um, he he does nothing for that team anymore, like, except for just, score goal line touchdowns. Yeah, yeah Pollard's have, a free agent. Did you already say that? Uh, yeah, or I did not, but I uh, I forgot about that. And then the other thing is like having Gallup and Noah Brown. Although I love Noah Brown as your second and third receivers, just I just don't think it's good enough. So I. You know, I expect Dak to be back, but I think they should, you know, try and revamp that that skill position group a little bit. Dalton yeah, Schultz just... is also a uh, unrestricted free agent this offseason. I mean, that guy was playing like an idiot at the end of that game. He but... the bed at the end. <laughs> My God. <laughs> um, no, but on the Dak thing, they really – what are they going to do? Like, they don't have any outs. He's on the books for 50 mil next year, um, and, like, they can't they, – they can't cut him. Um, I don't think anyone, like, I don't think they're going to trade him. Yeah. He's going to be a cowboy next year. And I think all they can really do is try to surround him with as good of weapons and a team as he can. And I think the other thing with Dallas too, that's 
like when Dak was first broken into the league and was like a really good story. And honestly, maybe playing playing better as like a second and third year guy as he is now. Like they had that old line that everyone was calling the best line in the league, right? Like they've really had when Tyron Smith was at his peak, like Zach Martin, Kyle Collins. Yeah, like they were a lot better up front, and I think they've they had some injuries this year. I know Tyron Smith was out for a while. Um, so I know they drafted a first round pick last year to a tackle who played. I think he started most of their games this year because of the Smith injury. So maybe they keep getting better up there, but I, I think that was pretty noticeable yesterday. Like San Francisco obviously is a phenomenal D line too, but um, Dak like really shits his pants when there's pressure like in his face. So that was uh, that was glaring to me. All right. Nobody's taking a flyer on them plus twelve hundred to win the Super Bowl next year. What's Miami at? <laughs> Why are we plus talking four thousand? Come on. And Steelers Pittsburgh. are plus six thousand, and the Falcons are okay. plus seventy five hundred. I would have so been much livid if change. the Steelers had better odds than the Dolphins. Would have been livid. Um, yeah. All right, let's start this coming weekend conference championship time. Uh, we have John's picks that we will. Oh yeah, John's not here today. No one missed him. Um, John just start... hasn't said anything. Uh, yeah, imagine him just show. being on here, just <laughs> not saying anything. Uh, we're gonna start Sunday at three. We have San Fran on the road in Philly against the Eagles. The Eagles are two and a half point favorite. Over under is set at forty five and a half. This is a tough one. Yeah. Before we get into it, just recapping playoff records so far. Uh, if you've been fading, Dave and I, you are a rich person. I am three and seven. Dave, two and eight. Chad, just doing Chad things. He's always around around even, five and five. And uh, John leading the way at six and four here. I have already bet the Philadelphia Eagles minus two and a half. Uh, I talked about it earlier. I think the run game, the pass rush, they're going to get up early on San Fran. They got home field advantage at the link. I'm expecting a Brock Purdy turnover <laughs> to finally. I, I love the Eagles here. I'm gonna take them minus two and a half. If it get if if it gets over three, like we talking three about three and a half four, I would lean San Francisco. I, I truly see this being a field goal game either way. I think I agree with every point there, and I think I'll also be in the Eagles. I almost feel I. I don't know if it's going to get to three because I feel like there's enough people who really believe in this San Fran team, rightfully so. Um, I don't know if this gets to three. It, maybe it does, but I'm I'm really just banking on, A, I mean, just the Eagles, how dominant they looked last week. Jalen looking mostly healthy. That's big. That's very encouraging. And I'm just... Um, I continue to bank on that that Brock shit the shit the bed game. So that's that's really that's really what I'm uh, what I'm banking on here. And and I might be wrong again. We might see Brock Purdy playing on Super Bowl Sunday. I'll also add. I think the Niners secondary can be exposed a little bit. I I, I think if there was a weakness on that defense, it's at at the cornerback position. And you you let you you have to like your chances if you're the Eagles running AJ Brown and Devontae Smith out there against those guys. So. I do think Chavarius Ward though is is good, good corner for the for the Giants though. You mean for the Niners? For the Niners, sorry. <laughs> yeah, he's solid. He, he he's solid, but I he's still big. think 
like tall, I think yeah. I think it'll be good. I think it'll be good matching up with AJ Brown. That's kind of why I bring that up. But also, Jimmy Hot. Ward might get ejected from this game. That guy's been headhunting for like weeks now. Dude, he's I swear a, he's to God. a missile. Yeah, I mean he he absolutely lays the wood. But Jesus, I. So let let's read off John's pick quickly before we get John has selected. Uh, this is terrible podcasting. Um, Connor, any ideas what John's pick was on this game? I was actually just looking myself. <laughs> All right, while you look, uh, I, 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 I John is on the John is on the Eagles. On the oh, no, wow. John is on the Eagles minus two and a half. In Bengals money line, those are John's two picks. I just scroll so, all the way up. All right, I'm going against you guys here. Um, I give me the Niners. Um, I so let me start by saying I love the under. That was going to be my play, but then you guys all took the Eagles, so I have to take the Niners. Uh, I think the under hits. That's might be my favorite play of the weekend. I think both of these defenses are awesome, and. I think Philly will struggle to score against San Francisco. And I, you know, I think San Francisco will struggle to score on the road as well with a rookie quarterback. Um, but I'm going to go San Fran because Shanahan, I just think he'll, I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. And I think he's going to be creative enough where I, I think Brock Purdy's going to be playing for a Super Bowl. I do. And well, <laughs> We uh, this is this is actually exactly how it played out last week. Connor, John, and I were all in the Cowboys, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, Chad was on the Niners. I Chad think never wins act- two of these in a row, so we're good. I will say, I I I think we could see this play out similar similarly to the Cowboys Niners game from yesterday, in the sense where like two defenses play really well, and it's it's a kind of one of those one of those types of defensive battles. Um, I will Dave, say you you're talking yourself out of it. You don't seem <laughs> confident in your Eagles play. I could see a uh, Sunday, a game day flip from you. I could see you being on the Niners, <sighs> dude. It's it's the Brock Purdy factor, but like he just continues to do his thing, and and they have between between McCaffrey and Debo and Kittle, man. Like and, and like even after that, right? Like Ayuk is a really really good number two receiver. Jawan Jennings, I feel like every time I watch the Niners, Jawan Jennings makes like a key third down play at some point, and he did last week too. He did on Sunday too. They are so good, man. And like, I, I mean, obviously, I won't be surprised if I fucking lose again because I'm two and eight in the playoffs. But um, <laughs> like, Brock Purdy just continues to to prove me wrong. So like, kudos to him. And Chad, I think you're right. If if the Niners win this game, I think it's because Kyle Shanahan is really just playing chess back there and everyone else playing checkers yeah yeah um what was i going to say i i will we'll tweet out any you know game day flips from anyone on their plays um because i can see you guys don't seem confident you i'm already confident. i'm already i already i already bet the eagles i'm already in oh, on you did? Okay. i'm already yeah. in on both my both my games here because i was worried that that eagles line might go to three and um, the Bengals line, which we'll get to in a minute, um, already moved like we were talking about earlier. Yeah, so let's get into that one. And I should have placed it when it was plus one. Um, I think all four of us are going to be on the Bengals. Unanimous play here? I have no idea what to do with the spread. Um, 
I have faded the Bengals like every single playoff game the past two years, and I I I just can't learn. I just you're broke. <laughs> I I'm broke, and I I still <laughs> want to take the Chiefs as dogs. I think the Bengals are are the obvious side here. Um, obviously Mahomes is hurt. Joe Burrow in the playoffs. So with that being said, I don't want anything to do with the spread right now until closer to game time. I will take the under forty seven and a half as my official bet of the show uh i think the over is going to be heavily i think everyone's going to be pounding the over um uh, banged up mahomes maybe they don't score as much potential hey, weather your, in kansas who you, city who do you think wins the game though i mean you that's 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 great i, if you're the I under, lean like, i lean cincinnati okay. i lean cincinnati mostly because of mahomes health and how the line has moved so far but Betting against Mahomes as a dog at home just is terrifying to me. So I will take the under. I could see Cincinnati winning this maybe 24-20, 24-21. So my question, I guess before we get, Chad, before we get into our picks, um, well, I guess you kind of already said you're on the Bengals. But so this line, we were texting each other right after the Bills game yesterday, right? The, like Bengals opened up at plus one and a half. We're all taking our guesses at the line. Now it's at, at least on DraftKings, I'm seeing Bengals minus one. Where it's, do we uh, think minus this... one and a half at uh, FanDuel? So it's still climbing. So my question is, where do we think this closes? Because I think a huge, I think everyone is assuming Mahomes will play right now, and it looks like that's going to happen. Like I would be shocked if he didn't at least try to play, right? But I just wonder, and I'm sure the Chiefs will be real, real tight lipped But you think we're going to get some type of information throughout the week? Like, all right, Mahomes is like. That ankle is going to be in really rough shape. Like, where do we think this line settles? That's that's what I'm trying to get at. I I see there's a scenario where it goes to Bengals minus two and a half, minus three. If a report comes crazy. out, if if a report comes out that Mahomes yeah. has been severely limited in practice. On the flip side, I think if we get any positive news about Mahomes at all, this game's either a pick 'em or Chiefs minus one. Yeah, that's why I'm gonna wait. I could see it going back the other way. Once, like, even if they just say he's officially active, like, I can see yeah. a lot of bets being placed on Kansas City. So I'm gonna wait. Um, but but I mean, going back to the line movement, that's one of the reasons I I just seeing it go that way already. I, I'm not a big you know buy into line movement, but. If it's gonna fit my narrative, I'll throw it in there. I love the line <laughs> movement. Um, I Connor, you mentioned betting against Mahomes, man, and I agree with you, but I I also can't get bet against Burrow. Well, oh, that's I, part of the reason I just don't want anything to do with the spread right now. I mean, both of these guys are just—they're both just absolute trend killers. Like they're just out of this world. So it does it's, it's feel tough. like. What's crazy to me is I, I, so what do you guys think the one, we don't have to keep playing this, this whole guess line thing, I, like where it finishes stuff, but like if Mahomes doesn't look as hurt as he looked like this weekend, right? Like that looked really, really bad, man. Like he, he was playing like at 60% ankle, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, you got to think the chiefs normally are like at least three point favorites. Right. And then I guess you couple the Mahomes injury with just how good the Bengals looked yesterday. I mean, we were texting each other, right? I, I predicted a pick them in the group chat like before the line came out, and I was like that. Like, I, I still kind of thought the Chiefs would be favored, and it's it's um, 
I, I just, yeah, I can't believe Cincinnati's actually in favor right now. I think if you had a fully healthy Mahomes, no injury last week, I don't know what the line would have opened at, but I think it would have closed at Chiefs minus two and a half. Yeah, it feels like it would be in that three range, but um, I, I, I think Mahomes is worth three points on the spread. So I think a fully healthy Mahomes, it's probably Kansas City minus two. I mean, he's probably worth more than that, to be honest. Like if if Chad Henney was playing for the Chiefs, this thing's going Bengals minus four, six. Yeah, seriously. Um, I couldn't believe Chad Henney was still in the league. By the way, I, I, I in the back of my head, I knew he was still on the Chiefs, but you never see him play. So I was like, "Holy shit!" How about that one tweet? Shout out uh, Tom Fornelli. I sent you guys. It was like. I don't know. I forget exactly those words. Some along as of Chad Henney is so old. He was eight years old when Tom Brady, um, when Tom Brady was. Or I'm sorry, when Mahomes. Tom was Brady born. was eight year old when Chad Henney was born. And like with all these like young quarterbacks in the league, it's like, you know, you see like Tom Brady's in like his third season when they were born, or like stupid shit like that. It's like, yeah, Chad Henney's been around for a long time. He was the starting quarterback for Michigan when they lost to App State. I was literally just about to say that. <laughs> it was that like we were crazy. in fifth grade when yeah. that happened. Like him and uh, him and Mike Hart, they were like preseason number two that year. Yeah. Um, Chad, I guess I I mean I think I already hinted at it. I'm on the Bengals. Just so impressed with that um that game yesterday. Um playing at Buffalo in the snow like that, I'm just not worried about them going into Arrowhead. We already saw them win this game last year, um, in the, like the same exact game, AFC Championship and Arrowhead. I just could not be more impressed with with Burrow having Higgins and Chase out there. Um, and I think most importantly too is I just haven't seen the Bills look like that offensively in like three years, like that inept as they did yesterday. So the and Bengals I, I think, rookie cornerback, I'm drawing a blank on his name, was uh, awesome. Britt Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, and so was Mike Hilton, man. Mike Hilton, yeah. like, lit up Josh Allen a couple times, especially in that one. Uh, Mike Hilton was playing like an absolute lunatic in that dude, second half. He was everywhere, man. He's a great, great slot corner, man. Like, he is, he was su- such a good stealer. I was really bummed when they let him go. But as a blitzer, too, like, I, I think he finished, like, almost 10 sacks um, once with the Steelers. Like, he's that defense, man. And Lou Anarumo, I think is how you say his name, their D coordinator, um, just seems like – Week after week, he's got a great game plan. So, Trey Hendrickson, I'll be on the Bengals. great player. Yeah, and I think just the biggest factor is really just that Mahomes ankle because I just, no matter what they do this week, like he's going to be playing not even close to 100%. I just can't. I so, don't know what they're going to do to get him ready for that game, man, because he's. I don't think he's going to be nearly the same player. He's still great, though, so I don't know. What do you think it is about the Bengals' defense? I I feel like they never really get the respect they deserve, and come playoffs, at least the past years, they look like one of the best units in in the entire league. They've stepped up in the playoffs the last two years because during the regular season they were mid as fuck. Um, I they've just got like weird like Trey Hendrickson is a stud, and like I just feel like he's not talked about with the upper echelon of pass rushers. Um, you know, Jesse Bates uh, also a stud for them back in yeah. the secondary. Sam Hubbard. Sam Hubbard is and solid. um DJ Reader, their their D tackle. I guess like, he was hurt game. for most of the year, right? Reader? He came back 
he came back towards the end of the regular season. Yeah. Um, that I'm not sure about that, but regardless, he's Even one of those like guys not... who. Well, sorry, Chad. I was just gonna say, like, he's one of those guys who, not a lot of people know, but he's one. <laughs> he's one of those people like you just see get getting talked about, like some of the some of the NFL guys just be like talk about how good this dude is, and then you watch him and. He like it really looks like he plugs up that middle and can push the pocket. Like he's definitely a player. So they got three dudes up front because I think Hubbard's real solid too, and Hendrickson's a, a game breaker. Yeah, Reader yeah. Reader missed. Uh, he got injured September twenty fifth, and he made his return against Tennessee on uh, November twenty seventh. So um, obviously that has a lot to do with why their defense might have struggled earlier in the year. But when he's they in there, their run defense is guys. legit. Yeah. Just these weird, like Von Bell at safety was like a five-year, you know, college guy who was like a sixth-round pick, and you know has played a lot the last three years. Even like Eli Apple is my least favorite Ohio State player ever, and like he's out there every game. I, I don't they, know. It's just they lost their best corner too, like Chidobi Awuzie or whatever. Yeah, um, it was kind of like their big ticket guy at corner, and he got hurt. Right at the end of the regular season, I believe, um, towards the end, um, and yeah, Britt Taylor, I think he was their second round pick this year, rookie, played really well, mm-hmm. and uh, Logan Wilson's a good linebacker. Didn't realize him and Josh Allen were teammates at Wyoming. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah, man, they're they're an underappreciated unit, and I think Luana Rumo probably going to see his name pop up in some uh, some head coaching searches. I want to. I I think also on this point the. Uh... Bengals front office doesn't get enough credit. I mean, they have absolutely struck gold in free agency in the draft these past three three years now, I guess, two or three years. I mean, T. Higgins was a second round. He was very early second round, but turned into a stud. Yeah. Tyler Boyd, they got either in the, the second or third round. He turned into a player. Obviously, you know about Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, but then you know you have guys like Taylor. They they signed Hendrickson from the Saints a couple of years ago. Just a well-run team, and to think everyone wanted Zach Taylor fired after that first year. I, again, I have no idea how good of a coach he is. I think it's a phenomenal team, but clearly he's doing something at least partially right. Well, it was it wasn't even it was two years, Connor. Where I think he won. I think he only won like less than five games his first two years. And how many coaches across the league get canned after that terrible year two? It kind of speaks to like the benefits of of continuity, right? Like, all right, there is some value in like keeping a guy around. Like, it you know, it's hard to turn turn an NFL team around that quick. And then, but I think more than anything, obviously, getting Joe Burrow helps. Um, yeah, I mean, you so. look at Lovey Smith and uh, can't even date. Was it Dave David Cully? the guy before they they get the worst rosters in the league yeah like three games and they're just gone immediately yep all right well i think that concludes i I actually i have i have uh a trivia question because you guys took too long last week so we're back to trivia to to end end the year here and the night i should say not the year (laughs) what am i talking about all right all right guinness you're drinking yeah, extra stout. All right, all right, all right. We are going to do. Would you guys rather do the top five most rushing touchdowns in a season, or top five receiving touchdowns in a season? For yeah, a season? just naming the top five players with 
Receiving Which, or, I'll or rushing? I'll let you decide, Dave. All of, all of the guys. I don't love either of these. How'd of. you come up with these? Just I just looked them up the other day. Okay. A while let's, back. Let's um, uh, the... some, okay. some other options are NFL players with 300 plus receiving yards in a game, but those there's some no name guys. No, let's on do that. let's do let's do receiving touchdowns since we kind of did the running backs last week. Um, what do you think of that, Chad? I like that. You, okay. I'll let you go first. All right. So say the question one more time, Connor. Top five single. Top five. Name the t- the players that have finished top five ever in a single season for receiving touchdowns. Okay, first I'll go Randy Moss. Randy Moss is number one with 23 touchdowns in 2007. All right, I'll go Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson is not in the top five. Bad start for Messier. <laughs> I believe um, all five of these guys are Hall of Famers, by the way. I'm double-checking on one of them. One question. Were they all alive while we were alive? Or did they all play while we were alive? Or we got some like early no. early names in there? I might be fucked. Okay. All right. There's there's one guy that did not play while we were alive. The other two guys set this record before we were born, but they played while we were alive. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm just going to... Low hanging for Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice is number two, 22 touchdowns in 1989. Good comeback here from Dave after getting blanked last week. <laughs> he is two for two. Um uh, so so were so were any of these guys um the records broken? There's one active there's one active player. Okay. And one guy in the eighties and one guy in the nineties. Okay, so that throw. I had a guess beforehand, but it's not going to work now. I was so in on Andre, just throwing Andre Johnson out there. Um, active player. Oh, got to be Mike Evans. Nope. Incorrect. Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is number three with 20 touchdowns <laughs> or with 18 touchdowns in 2020. I am on a heater. Oh, God. The 80s and 90s. Um, yeah, you said these guys all played while we were alive, Connor. 80s guy couldn't have. I, he's the one guy that did not. Gary Rice technically played while we were okay. alive. Oh, okay, okay. Fair enough. Oh, uh, jeez. Am I up or is Dave back up again? You're up. I just got – I'm three okay. for three. One, two, three. I'll go Mark Clayton. Mark Clayton, number four. What? With 18 in 1984. Him and Dan Marino were putting up video game numbers. What? It was either him or Cooper. I had one yeah. or the other. Bro, he's wasn't the one- there – He's the one guy I didn't think you were going to get, so I'm impressed. Oh, I would have never guessed him. Speaking of Mark Clayton, wasn't there a Mark Clayton who played for the Ravens within like the last 15 years who was like a first-round pick? Isn't that Michael Clayton? You might be right. I know there was a Clayton. Was was that a a relative of uh, Mark Clayton? Oh, I'm looking right now. R.I.P. John Clayton, by the way. Yeah. Shout out. Yeah. Michael some... Clay Michael Clayton was a wide receiver recently. Ravens first round pick. Uh it's got him listed here for the Bucks. But he I was drafted by the Buccaneers in 2004. Damn. Also a Super Bowl champion. First and round pick? BCS Na- BCS national champ for Auburn in 2003 for LSU. Oh shit. Yeah, he was first first round 15th overall in the 2004 NFL draft. 
Did he ever play for the Ravens, or did I just totally pull? No, he went from the he went from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, then to the Omaha Nighthawks in 2010, and then back to the New York Giants for two seasons. Shit. Okay. Finished his career with 223 receptions for 2,955 yards and 10 touchdowns. All right, I got my uh, my last guess here. I'm I'm pretty sure this is it. Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin is not the correct. Wow. So we just need number five, Chad. Uh, I will give you the team if Chad doesn't get it. No, I, I think I got one more guess before you give me the team. All right, I'll be shocked are if these, you get it, but okay. Are these allowed to be tight ends? Yes. So 90s? that's a great question, Chad. Oh, he just tipped us off. Tony G. Ch- Incorrect. Shannon Sharp. Actually, not Shannon Sharp. This guy is technically not a tight end. I thought he was. Oh. Shannon Sharp is incorrect. This guy was a first-round pick in the 1988 draft, seventh <laughs> overall. Three-time uh, first-team All-Pro, two-time NFL receiving TDs leader, three-time NFL receptions leader. He's in the Packers Hall of Fame. He played for Jordy South Nelson. Carolina, too. John might get this if he were here. Shout out to Gamecocks. South Carolina? Why am I blanking? I honestly... South Carolina would do nothing for me on this guy. All right. I, I don't know it. I have no idea. Number five is Sterling Sharp oh. with 18 with Brett Favre. I thought you guys were going to guess Donald Driver once I, I said Green Bay I was going to guess Hall Donald Driver, but yeah. I knew he was in South Carolina. Yeah. But, yeah, that that's the, the top five. Dave, way to go. Way to rebound here. Chad, I'm just happy you got one. Mark Clayton. I was also reading. I thought he was in the Hall of Fame, but he is not, uh, which is a shame. I think um, Duper is, though. Real quick, you guys want to do just, just two games of guest line? College basketball games tomorrow? Uh, you're going to do it for us? Okay, I'll do it. I'll lead this one. All Thank right. <clears throat> tomorrow, on Tuesday, January 24th, we have a top 12 matchup in the Big 12. Number five, Kansas State Wildcats. One of the surprises of the year in college basketball. I think they were finished to pick like second to last in the Big 12 preseason. Um, Against Iowa State, also a big surprise because they were terrible last year, I believe. So five at 12, K-State at Iowa State. What's the line, boys? Connor, don't check your phone. I see you trying Uh, to cheat. K-State at Iowa State. Um, I will go – or Connor, you guess first. It's in Ames, Iowa. Tough place to I'll play. Take, the Hilton uh, I'm going to take Kansas State minus one and a half. Chad. Um, Iowa State minus one and a half. Iowa State minus five. Chad takes that. Wow. We'll do a best of three here unless Chad the, wins the, the second one. The, the, big, the big 12 is stacked right now. The big 12 they is have very good every year. Six All teams right. in the top 17, I think. A huge, huge showdown in the Big Ten tomorrow night. We got Penn State playing at Rutgers. All right, the 13-6 and six Nittany Lions, 4-4 four and four in the Big Ten, um, led by Rochester's own Jalen Pickett, who's been one of the best players in the NCAA this year, having a phenomenal season. Shout out Jalen Pickett. Um, 
They're playing at the rack, an incredibly tough pace to play. It's not called the rack anymore, but that's what I'll always know it as. It's actually Jersey Mike's Arena now. Penn State at Rutgers. Give me a guess. What is Rutgers' record? Rutgers is 13 and 6. Okay, so they're both 13 and 6. Rutgers Um, has been pretty good this year, though. They've had some good wins. They're good at home. Really good at home. Really good at home. On the road, actually. Yeah. So, so I think a neutral site game here, it's going to be Rutgers minus It's not a two. neutral site game. I, I know. I, I'm just fe- letting you hear my thought process. I think Rutgers would be favored by two at a neutral site. So give me Rutgers minus five. Connor? That's a good I, – I was going to guess around that same range. I'll go Rutgers minus three and a half. Messier, Rutgers is favored by five and a half points. Hell of a guess. Big opportunity for Penn State tomorrow. Let's let's go Lions. Um, we don't even have to go uh, round three here because Chad just just two owed Connor. So uh, congratulations to uh, Chud Mess. So let's uh, just to finish, we can take a look at the standings. We'll start with David's Big Ten. Um, so Purdue eight and one in conference, they're kind of a wagon 19 and one overall Rutgers is second in the big 10 right now at five and three. Dave mentioned Penn state at four and four. And then you, you do have a cluster with the Michigans, the Wisconsin's, the Michigan States, Indiana's all right at five and three, four and four. Um, Indiana's coming on strong right now, man. What do you guys think? You think eight teams from the big 10 make it? You know what's crazy about the Big Ten right now is Purdue is the only ranked team this week, and they beat it. I was going to say, I think I think the Big Ten's down uh, uh, slightly this year. Maybe not even down. I just think more teams are towards the yeah. the middle. They're all feasting having on each other, man. Yeah. Um, I think every year it's safe to say the Big Ten's going to get six or seven teams in. Yeah, six to, six to eight. Um, Purdue looks like a real wagon, and Zach Eady is – a huge problem. I, like I, seven I, four, I, he got way better too, dude. Like he yeah, looked really yeah. awkward. Um, I think he's a junior, if I'm not mistaken. Looked really awkward first last year. He looked better, but I remember year one especially, and like he is a real problem this year. So Purdue, I can already give you a little spoiler now. Probably going to my final four in my bracket. He he, I was act, I actually think they're they're a huge candidate to get upset early. Um, but with that being said, Zach Eady is the epitome of a player that dominates college basketball will not do a thing in the NBA. Yeah. Not a modern day big. Yeah. Um, but I, I will big. say, I think the thing that makes them so unpredictable in the tournament is you could literally call a foul on the guy guarding him or him guarding the other guy every single play. Yeah. So Chad, give us some, it, give us some orange talk because it was looking real ugly for Q's early on. And I'm looking at the ACC standings now. Granted, I know the ACC is is actually quite yeah. down this year, especially the bottom of the ACC is really bad. That being said, the the Orange are six and three in conference, thirteen and seven overall now. What I haven't looked at any like uh, bracketology recently. Are they sitting on the bubble right now? Are they in right now? Or do you have any idea? I think Syracuse, regardless of record, will always be on the bubble. Uh, it's always a sweat <laughs> down the stretch. Uh, they're they're outside looking in right now in Lenardi's, Dave. It's got to be close. Yeah, bubbly. they're very close. Yeah. yeah. Were they like first four, next four out type type team? 
I don't remember off the top of my head. This was also like two weeks ago, I think, and I think they've basically won out since then. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna pull it up to, right now. Yeah. So I, with Syracuse, it's funny. Like I was, this is the lowest I've been on a team going into the year, and you know, probably five six years. Uh, but their young guys have are like just continuing to get better. They've got like four freshmen that play consistently, um, and then you know. Gerard has his games. I'll say that, you know, as much as he's a pain in the ass, he has his games where he can't miss. Um, their true freshman point guard, Judah Mintz is fantastic. You know, gives off the vibes of some of those Syracuse guards from like the 2010s. Um, and yeah, they've got, you know, three or four freshmen that come off the bench and they're just continuing to get better. Beheim's playing so, the bench. Sorry, Chad, don't mean to cut you off. I no, just pulled up Lenardi's update from today. Believe it or not, Penn State is the second to last team in Lenardi's bracket right now. The Cuse are not currently in the field, nor are they one of the eight teams in the first four or next four out. Um, nor were they considered, which is surprising. They must have had a really brutal non-conference, didn't they? I'm actually going to pull it up right now. Uh, so they lost to Colgate, St. John's, Bryant. That's that's their only bad losses, but those are all pretty bad losses. Let's Actually, I don't know about St. John's, but Brian and Colgate. Um. So, anyways, they they'll like you said, Chad. I think they'll they're obviously playing the ACC. They still got to play. They get to play. Uh, they're playing UNC tomorrow night. Wow. Yeah. Have you guys looked at that line yet? Because we might as well just throw that in there quick. Yeah, I saw it. Okay. Connor, give it a guess. I can't see it. I'm in New York. Uh, so do you want to do you want to guess? Who are they playing? It's, it's UNC uh, at home. UNC. It's in the dome. I think Cuse is favored. Give me Cuse minus one. You're way off. UNC minus horrible. One. <laughs> UNC stinks, bro. They're College horrible right now. Um. So, anyways, I agree with you though, Chad. They got plenty of opportunities in front of them. I'm sure they'll pull off an upset or two in the dome. They'll probably be right there in the bubble come come selection Sunday. I mean, you know they're going to make it to the last, either the final four, or the championship game of the ACC tournament, like they do every year. Joe Girard turns into fucking LeBron James. Dead. Yeah, it's literally insane. <laughs> every ACC tournament, he is just the greatest shooter of all time. Thank God, uh, Buddy Bayheim's not there this year. Last year in the ACC tournament, he legitimately could not miss. Buddy was a player, man. Good for him. Um, All right. Um, I that's was a, that was that. some good college oh. basketball talk right there. I, I feel like our, we since yeah. yeah since since we have you on too, Dave, we should uh, just give a little ode to Mike Bray, who's uh, retiring yeah. at the end of the year. Great coach, great career. I'll never forget some of those teams. Um, Heron go from like from like twenty third. Well, yeah, that was kind of more early on. Colin Falls was that his when name? I was a huge yeah. But uh, how about how about uh, Kyle McElarney? Dude had, the, dude had the gun. But Pat um, Grant. yeah, Pat Connaughton, Jerry and Grant, uh Demetrius Jackson, Zach August, like that team that um uh, made it to the Elite Eight and gave that undefeated Kentucky team who ended up losing the championship to who'd they lose to that year? Connor, UConn, do you remember? I, think? I believe UConn. They lost in the chance. No, I think it was... they beat Wisconsin, I think, in the final four. Duke. I think they lost the Duke. No. Yeah, I think they lost the Duke. That Duke year. beat Wisconsin in the national championship. I, I I'm almost okay, positive so that team lost, lost to UConn. 
I'm almost positive no. they lost to UConn, no? You got the wrong year. Anyways, that Notre Dame team led by Pat Connaughton that year um, gave him a hell of a game in the Elite Eight. And, Pat Connaughton um, was playing like center that game. I swear to God. He was amazing, dude. And uh, yeah, just shout out Mike Bray. He was, a, he was a great coach. I love those teams play. I'll never forget the – this is just the, my, my last call. When Jerry and Grant was on the team and they were playing, I think it was Louisville. And yeah. I left your house because Five Louisville was up like 20. I don't know. So They were up a lot of points with not a lot of time left. And Jerry and Grant went absolutely nuclear at the end of regulation. And they went to what, five OTs and one? Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. That was a crazy game. Um, I'm trying to follow up in that 2015 NCAA tournament, just because they now lost I to Wisconsin to... in the Final Four. If that's the team you're talking about, they lost to uh, Sam Decker and uh, Frank Kaminsky in the Final. And they four. were they were undefeated. They were undefeated. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then Wisconsin lost to the Duke in the championship. Yeah, they lost to like well, Julio before Justice Winslow. <laughs> that was the Kentucky team led by Cat, I think. 15th? No, mm, I don't think so. Was it Cat and Kid Gilchrist? I know Willie Cauley Stein was on that team. That I remember. Let's pull uh, up this. Can, we're deep in the college basketball weeds now. Twenty yeah, I mean, four. played for Syracuse in twenty fifteen. Wow, this Kentucky <laughs> team was this Kentucky team was stacked. Aaron Harrison, Cat, Devin Booker, Andrew Harrison, oh, Willie Cauley Stein, Trey Lyles. There's Curry a lot Johnson, of Tyler Uless, Tyler Uless, Alex Poitras. Ooh. So it was that Cat, was Cat and Booker, man. Geez. Yeah, 38 and 1. That is a I mean, I know they didn't win at all, but that's that's an all-time team right there. I mean, they had eight NBA players on that team, which is insane. Yeah, Notre, so. Notre Dame had one. <laughs> Jerry and for a little bit, right? Yeah, Jerry and Jerry and actually was a first-round pick, believe it or not. Yeah. Well. Well, that's all I got. That uh, yeah, can't wait to. Uh, I mean, we got three NFL games left, so really, after the Super Bowl, it's really just college basketball kind of kind of getting us through the end of March. I mean, yeah, we got NBA kind of depending on what the Sabers are doing. <laughs> you won't get any any hockey talk from me. I might have to miss those episodes, but um, yeah, good for them. no, all we're gonna all we're gonna have after NFL ends is Chad telling us how good the Sacramento Kings are. Um, <laughs> Light the beam. We're gonna have NASCAR back soon. We're gonna have draft talk, fantasy baseball, normal. Golf baseball. golf actually picks up a bit, doesn't it? Pretty soon here. Uh the Masters is in April. The what's before that? Uh, they're playing yeah, at got... they're they're playing in, at Oak Hill this year for the PGA championship. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll John be there. Already has, John already has tickets to that. Yeah. Last time I'll, ever. I'll be there on that Thursday. Last time ever. Wait, is it really, Chad? Yeah, so they the PGA used to be in um, June or July, and they moved it up to be the second major after the Masters. And Oak Hill was already scheduled for it in 2023, so that didn't change. But it's it's too cold that early to be, I think mm. it's in May. Um, and there's some, another part of it with... Um, they don't want to do it in Rochester, to- New York. <laughs> well, that as well. There's like <laughs> the sun's never out. Yeah, it's just brutal. Um, but they don't. Rochester doesn't have the infrastructure for the U.S. Open, which they used to actually host. Um, yeah. So I think this will be about it for Oak Hill. 
Yeah, my grandparents got me uh got me tickets to that to go with them. So I'll be there on the Thursday. Okay. I hope Tiger's playing. What are the odds Tiger's playing in that, Chad? Pretty low? Send us out of here, Connor. Chad, did you just miss that question? No, I didn't hear it. What did he say? <laughs> I said, Chad, what are the odds? Said, Fuck you, basically. Dude. I said, what are the odds Tiger's playing in that? Is that like a long shot? Uh, No. He He's just going to be on like reduced event listings going forward he'll play in all the majors so long as he doesn't have a setback with his last um, last last call do you have a nail painted or is that a bruise now uh yeah last thursday i haven't gotten it off i have three nails painted <laughs> i actually I meant bored. to ask that earlier but i i forgot uh yeah. tiger woods as of right now yeah. is is listed at plus 5500 to win the pga championship so they're expecting him to play i mean if he plays you got to throw a bet in <laughs> Dave's gonna be walking around with Tiger. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's gotta be. Uh, it's gonna be nuts seeing like how the how everyone moves with his group if he plays. Like that'll yeah, be nuts. Yeah. But uh, for 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 Connor, for Dave, for Chad, and his painted fingernails. Uh, it's a a wrap on on this week's episode. Good luck with everyone for conference championship weekend. Uh. You gotta Connor, enjoy the last Montana. few I have. Yep, I'll be in Montana on Wednesday. Gonna gonna hit the slopes and and watch the games out there. Super fired ski? up for that. I've been skiing my whole life, dude. <laughs> I feel like you'd be the worst skier ever. You're a good skier. I'm a good skier, and uh, we're not gonna get into this conversation any deeper. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I will not not stand this blasphemy on air right now. But uh, yeah, I'll be in Montana. Fired up, fired up for the last few football games of the year. Fired up for college basketball to get in full swing, and uh, we will see you guys next week.